Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We're going to continue today to look at what we began yesterday. I want to talk all week about is the essence of Christianity, the new life that's given to us in Christ, and take a deeper dive into the teaching of St. John, the Apostle, both from the Gospel of John, but also from his first letter in particular. There's just some amazing things there. And I want to start with First John chapter 5, verse 1 today. I would encourage you to read the whole letter. The letter's not that long. It's just uh, five chapters long, and you can easily read it in one sitting. And just If you just read right through, it would take you 15 minutes or something like that. But uh, to just slowly read through it and take in the words and the phrases and what are some of the key words that are repeated again and again by John that really communicate uh, central themes that he's putting his finger on for us to lay hold of. It's uh, God's Word is living and active. It, it truly is, and it's a love letter written by God for you, for every human heart. It's the it's the voice of God, it's the words of God, it's the heart of God that's being revealed to us, and it has transforming power. And it's the offensive weapon. It's the sword, like Paul talks about in Ephesians. The word of God is a sword to you know fight off the tactics of the devil, and it's a great way to, to overcome, wielding this sword to overcome the lies of the enemy that we easily believe in, and I've talked about periodically over the last few years about just the the superior storyline of God and the inferior storyline of the devil that the devil tries to get us to believe about ourselves, uh, the lies of, of what we're not, instead of standing and affirming the truth about who we are in God, saying what God says about us, believing it, internalizing it, and allowing that word to lift us, to elevate us, to renew us, and give us the strength that we need. But First John begins with an interesting verse, First John 5, 1. That is, says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Who is born of God? Another question you might say is, what does it mean to be born of God? It means to become a child of God. So who's a child of God? The one who confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. The one who is baptized into Christ. So from a biblical point of view, uh, you have to ask the question, you know, who is a child of God? Well, a child of God is someone who is literally, as I just said, confesses and baptized into Christ. Every human being on the earth is not, quote unquote, a child of God in this biblical sense, in the truest sense of what it means. Every human being is infinitely loved by God, creating the image and likeness of God. And God loves so much that he sent his only son to come and save them. And save them from what? To save them from their sin sick condition as paul said you were you were once children of wrath you were separated from god enemies of god he says those are, that's the and lived without hope in the world that's the human condition apart from the gift of salvation given to us by christ through his church it's really true so many times today people talk about and in some ways it's okay but it's it can blur the fundamental truth and can affect the church's clarity of mind and her mission by just saying, you know, everybody's a child of God. Every single person on the earth is a child of God. Every single person on the earth is called to be a child of God. But we're born into a state of original sin. And that original sin has deep within a resistance to God. The very issue, the very problem the human race faces, and friends, the the very reason we die and the the thing we need uh, an antidote for, the death problem, And the death problem is rooted in the sin problem. 
and sin has laid hold of us and made us enemies of God. And so Paul says, even while we were enemies of God, or St. John, even while we were still enemies of God, God loved us and came to us and gave us his only son to save us out of this condition. So you, it's so important for us to be able to have the mind of Christ, and we see it here so clearly communicated by John. And it says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. So here he's talking about the Christian community, those born into Christ, uh, born again by water and the Spirit, become part of what he taught, we talked about yesterday, coming into fellowship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, coming into the family of God, God's new family, God's new creation. He says, how do we know we're called to love? That's That, that new family is meant to be characterized by the love that we see in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the new power and new capacity we have in the Holy Spirit to overcome the domination of the flesh and ego and you know, anger, bitterness, rivalry, the kind of things Jesus touched on in the Gospels and told us about the condition of the human heart. He said, I'm coming to give you a new heart to be able to love. And so then what does it look like? And John is so clear. How do we know we love the children of God? How do we know we love our brothers and sisters in Christ? When we love God and obey his commandments. So the love language of heaven is obedience to the commandments. As I've said many times in the program, the beautiful hymn in Philippians chapter 2 talks about Jesus' death on the cross and Paul's exhortation for us to follow in his footsteps and to relate to God and to relate to our neighbor the way Jesus did. He loved God even to the end. And how did he express that love? He humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to death on the cross. And for that, God has highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. That that hymn, that beautiful section of, of Paul's letter is so important for us to see. It's one of those beautiful summaries of the very essence of God's saving plan and purpose and how it has come to us. It's come to us in a person who gives to God what belongs to God. He's beginning this, as John's describing here, how do we love the children of God? By obeying God and obeying God's commands. That's what Jesus did on the cross. How was he able to do that? He humbled himself. He emptied himself. He didn't put himself first and insist on his own way. And that humbling, it turns human pride on its head. You see how, you know, one of the fundamental realities of how God saved us, human pride said no to God in the garden. He's not trustworthy. I don't think he has my best interest in mind. He doesn't want me to be powerful like him. And if I have all this knowledge, I can be like him. Being seduced and deceived by the enemy, by Satan in the garden, human pride that insisted on its own way, brought about the fall of the human race and brought us under the domination of the world of flesh and the devil and made us aliens, strangers, even enemies of God, as Scripture talks about it, separated from God. The cross is the opposite. He turns it on its head. 
How does he break that dominion of power over the human race? How does he make it possible for us to become children of God? How does he make a new way? He makes a new way by giving to God what belongs to God. He loves God first. He fulfills the first commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And how did he do that? He had to humble where Adam failed, where Adam's pride, where Eve's pride said, no, I don't think so. Jesus said, I, I, my father's utterly, totally trustworthy. His words are life. I do everything he commands me to do. Friends, and so he's teaching us. He's saying, this is the way to live now. How should you live on the earth? How should you live out your vocation as a husband, a wife? Uh, how should you live out your vocation, your career, and the rest of it? How You should follow the footsteps of Jesus. And what does that mean? It's not just following rules. It's from the heart now. You have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. The heart of Jesus is dwelling in you. There's a new power and a new capacity in you teaching you how to love, how to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, which is you know, walking in the footsteps toward Calvary, which is what? Self-emptying. This is the eternal life that has been in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the beginning, which is the Holy Spirit, the the self-emptying that's present in the Trinity, the humility of God. It's shocking when you think about it. It's overwhelming when the Holy Spirit helps us to really grasp Almighty God is humble and the, the human creature is proud. That's the human condition. Jesus came to break that cycle of pride so we could be humbled and transformed and come into the fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's no pride in in the Godhead, in that eternal communion of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he wants us to, to know we now, we don't have to be afraid of the consequences of giving our lives radically to Jesus in a fallen world that resists him and that won't cheer us on, won't celebrate us for that decision. And it may impact our life, the life we'd like to have here. We may be rejected in this world. So the apostles, went, they, they realized what they were given, how precious it was, how powerful it was, and what it was leading into, that the eternal life had already began to move in them. And the new way of living is was happening in them. And God's family said, I want to... My value, my fundamental value is to pursue God first, love God, draw in those he's saving into the family and learn how to be a family together that images the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and to reach out to beyond the family, loving people with the same love that they, we were loved by in Christ. So it's just really critically important revelation here that John gives us. He said, for this is love. This is the love of God, excuse me that we keep his commandments. Isn't that interesting? It's not just an emotion. The love of God is what? It was ultimately revealed in a person. But what did he communicate? That the love of God is revealed in creatures obeying God's commands. I mean, did you feel anything in your heart like, oh, geez. You know, there's something in the fallen human heart that's like, oh, no. It just feels like it takes all the fun and the freedom out of life or something. It it ruins our weekend. It it just, oh man, it's a buzzkill. And the commandments sound burdensome. And the apostles tell us, actually, they're not burdensome. They're life-giving. They're not burdensome. They're burdensome when we're living in the flesh. 
like when, when we're first, when our will, what makes it burdensome is I want what I want. I want to shape my own life. I want to be in absolute control of my life. I want to be, I want to identify the whole meaning of life and my life personally. I remember, you know, reading an article of a woman in Israel a few years ago who married her dolphin. The, the, the thing that she loved most in the world. And she was celebrating it, you know, she dressed up like a bride, but it was sort of a swimming suit and she's in the water and, and there's a ceremony. Okay. Now here's somebody and people, oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, she's following her bliss and she's, she loves these creatures. It's just so wonderful. Well, no, it's actually idiocy and foolishness and blindness. It's human pride. It's human pride that's at work there. Nothing wrong with loving an animal. You know what I mean? And, but marrying one, that's not the commandment of God. That's following one's own light, which when your light, darkness is your light, how blind can you be? The Lord said. And it's not living in the love of God, but it is willful pride. It's like, no, this is what I define as love. This is what I define as reality. This is what I define as marriage. This is what I define as happiness. And I'm going to live it. I'm going to follow my own way. Well, that's darkness. No matter how many, you know, flash bulbs went off that day, no matter how many good feelings people had in the moment, it's a, it's living a lie. It's not true. It's not a wedding. And his commandments are not burdensome, John tells us right here. He's the one who said it. His commandments are life. Lord, we pray today that we could see what you saw, Jesus, that God's commandments are your very food. May your word and your commandments be food for all of us. God bless you, friends. Have a great day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.